morning and welcome. Welcome to your favorite morning talk show. The talk show that tells you to get down and get up and get back down again and get back up again. And you're like, what does she want from me? I just want a couple crunches. Easy, simple, just to wake you up, get the blood going. Oh yeah, this is of Monsters and Crime. So what's been going on with y'all? A lot here, actually. Um, Fucking my arm pain shit is back. And now it's like, my neck hurts still, but now it's more like my shoulder and like down my arm a little bit. And I think I've just been laying and sleeping weird the past few days, but it just really hurts to lift it or like drive or put on my seatbelt, anything that involves moving it at all, just hurts. So I think it's time for a really good massage. I'm way overdue for like a two hour full body fucking massage. I'm just a mess. Like I haven't been sleeping well. I can't fall asleep. And then when I do, I have fucked up dreams and I wake up and I'm fucking anxious and do not feel rested and it's just been a tough month for me two months uh 12 months mostly the past month has been month and a half two months has been pretty rough on me um so I don't know either I think I'm having a heart attack maybe or or I've just been quote unquote sleeping really fucking weird like I think it's I think I I really just think I've been laying in bed weird with like my arm up and like sleeping on my arm but then like I don't know it just fucking hurts (sighs) so what else uh Tonight, I am drinking um, some strawberry lime margaritas, and I started with a nice big chug or three of rum chata, and I've also got a bottle of Fireball here for little sips in between. Um, Let's hope tonight gets interesting. No promises, likely won't, but here's to hoping. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm going balls to the wall. I smoked a part of a joint before recording and I might even smoke during recording. Who knows? Anything can happen. So stay tuned. I'll try not to disappoint you. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my friend Cameron, aka Truth. Uh, rest in peace. He was a dear friend that passed away a couple of weeks ago. 
uh, went to the celebration of his life this past weekend, and it was actually really nice. Uh, so I love you, Cam. And uh, shout out, as always, to my five gang boothing. Um, TV, movies, entertainment, etc. I started rewatching The Last Man on Earth. Uh, the first time around, I never really finished the all of the episodes. I don't even know how many seasons there are. I don't know how many I've watched. I'm guessing I've watched maybe three. Um, the dude who... The main character, I cannot remember his real name. Will Arnett, maybe? I cannot remember. I don't watch the credits, so whatever. Um, he kind of bugs me. Like, he's kind of obnoxious and annoying, but I'm learning to just deal with his obnoxiousness and, like, the rest of the characters are pretty funny and I find myself laughing a lot. So that's good. I need that. So I'll keep watching that. Uh, I also started watching the Memories of a Murderer, the Nilsson tapes, and I didn't get very far in it, but I will continue to watch that. Um, I did enjoy what I have seen so far. Um, I watched the movie Sweet Girl with Jason Momoa, and it was pretty good. Now, let me warn you that I may not have the best uh, judgment on movies. Like, I like a lot of stupid shit. So if I say something's good, take it with a grain of salt. But I always encourage people to go out and whether someone says something is shitty or not, give it a try and form your own opinion. Because we are humans. We are individuals. We do not think alike all the time. We we have different opinions from other people. That's what makes us special. So check it out if you want. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, this week I've also got a book recommendation. Um, it's called On Home and it's by a friend of mine named Becca Spence Dobius. Uh, I've known her for quite a long time from like uh, Phone Losers, PLA, um, those days. Um, she married into the PLA family. Um, so I've read a few chapters and I really like it so far. And I'm not going to describe what it's about like in my own words. I'm going to read the little description of it. Um, so... When tragedy strikes, Cassidy, a cam girl living in Southern California, must return to a small West Virginia town she left behind. Cassidy likes her job, getting naked for men on camera, though she prefers sex with women. She never came out to her family or friends back in her home state, not about her sexuality and certainly not about her sex work. Now she must figure out how to hold on to the life she's built for herself while picking up the pieces of her fractured family. So if that sounds interesting to you, which probably does to quite a few of you, check it out. Um, On Home is what it's called. Um, I guess with that being all that I have to update you all on, um, 
I stopped caring about reporting any kind of fucking news to you guys because uh, you probably hear it all day, every day, whatever's relevant, you will know already. So it will just be redundant of me to say. Um, so we'll just get into the story tonight. Um, so tonight it's kind it's not really murder. People died, but it wasn't really murder. But this is another New York City story. Uh, so two New York City stories in a row, but this one is back to people actually dying. Um, I'm doing the story of Typhoid Mary. So if you have not heard of this story, sit back, relax, close your eyes, unless you're driving, please keep your eyes open and on the road. Um, otherwise, here we go. Um, let's see, in the summer of 1906 on Long Island's Oyster Bay, fucking rich people, I mean, it's got oyster in the name, so you know it's for Richies already. Uh, oyster Bay is on the north shore of Long Island. Um, it is the 68th, so close to being 69th, 68th richest neighborhood in the U.S., and residents have made the Forbes 400 list of the wealthiest Americans. Um, I believe the highest or lowest ranking was number 109 with a net worth of $5.7 billion. And uh, on Oyster Bay, or in Oyster Bay, I guess, uh, the median income is 639800 and the median listing price for a home is $2.9 million. So lots of rich people there. So in just one week, six of the 11 people in the house of Charles Warren, who was a uh, wealthy New York banker, comes down with typhoid fever while they're on vacation. Uh, and typhoid is a bacterial infection um, due to salmonella typhi, and it's viewed as a disease of um, the crowded slums and tenements in New York. It's associated with poverty and lack of basic sanitation, and um, immigrants assumed to live in disease-ridden, crowded housing uh, are usually scapegoats. Scapegoats? I got that New Jersey thing go going on. Fuck. It's getting interesting already, folks. Uh, we're not in New Jersey, though. We're in New York City, so we will keep New Jersey out of this. Uh, uh, the immigrants are often uh, scapegoats for the disease because, you know, it's easy to pin it on the immigrants. So when the richy fucking rich families get it, it's nuts. Um, it's one of the 20th century's most terrifying killers because an infection could spread throughout the house before anyone knew what was going on, before they had any symptoms that really like were alarming or anything. Um, the whole family in the house could get it. And the first week, uh, the infection seems like a regular flu. 
And then, uh, you know, there's fever, there's abdominal cramping, but nothing really crazy to show that it's typhoid. Um, during the second week, the fever goes nuts, gets super high, uh, the patient becomes delirious, blood clots form under the skin, um, the whole abdomen becomes distended, and then the third week, inflammation of the fucking brain and intestinal hemorrhaging occurs, and uh, the death rate of those infected is between 1 in 10 and 3 in 10, so... Um, it's, uh, a pretty dangerous disease. Uh, it's really easily spread by eating or drinking food that was contaminated with the feces of the infected persons. Fucking nope. Gross. Uh, so early 1900s, uh, people weren't washing their fucking hands. Water wasn't cleaned and filtered very well. People were probably pissing in bowls and fucking sloshing them back underneath their bed or fucking throwing it out the window, uh, you know, throwing the baby out with the piss bowl. No. Uh, so 1900, it killed 35,000 Americans. Uh, there's no cure. Antibiotics didn't exist. And um, a vaccine was not yet available back then. So Charles Warren's landlord, understanding that it would be impossible to rent a house out with the reputation of having typhoid, was just freaking out, thinking they just want to fucking burn the place down. So he hires some uh, freelance sanitary engineer, uh, which, by the way, dude, you sound like you have a made-up job, but... Apparently, it's legit. Um, but he investigates typhoid fever outbreaks to see where they originated and shit and, like, tries to figure everything out. So he took water samples from pipes, faucets, toilets, um, all of which were negative for typhoid. Um, but then he looks into the cook who worked for the Warrens weeks before the outbreak, and he finds a female Irish cook who fit the description of a cook who had worked in other households where typhoid, <laughs> this is going to be a difficult one for me, where typhoid <laughs> had broke, no, nope, where typhoid had broken out. Um, so she, um, she worked there before everyone fell ill of typhoid and also had just cooked for the Warrens. So, um, he looks into her. He cannot find her because after every outbreak begins, she laters the fuck out of there and she doesn't leave a forwarding address. So janitor dude, or, uh... I don't want to, that's not, that wasn't even close to right. Uh, this sanitation engineer, whatever he's called, learns about an active outbreak where the couple was hospitalized and their only daughter had actually died. And guess who the family cook was? That's right. The same woman, 40-year-old Irish immigrant named Mary Mallon. Mary, wash your hands, Mary. Ah, 
just need to stir the soup with my hand real quick. How was that? That was terrible. So she starts, uh, or he starts, the uh, dude, uh, the engineer of sanitary devices, uh, starts stalking Mary Mallon and tells her she's transmitting disease and death at her job. And he did a terrible job of approaching her and, I mean, just not a very good job at this at all. Um, He didn't explain to her how she, uh, a woman who is in, who's perfectly healthy, could be infecting others with typhoid. Um, He just straight up just comes at her right away. Uh, He then goes and he attempts to get samples of her feces and urine and blood. Um, just probably yelling in her face how she, how he needs these samples. Uh, not surprisingly, this pissed her off, and she one time actually chased him off with a carving fork when he came to get her feces sample. Um, so really weird off the bat, the relationship, the dynamic between those two just doesn't start off very well. So since Mary refused to give samples, he compiled a five-year history of her employment and found that of the eight families that had hired her as the cook, members of seven of those families claimed to have contracted typhoid fever, uh, even though Mary had never shown signs of the ailment. So he, his name is George Soper, uh, so he's got a name now. Um, He becomes the first author to describe a healthy carrier of salmonella typhi in the United States. So the person who can carry it never gets ill, but it does get passed on. So she's basically immune to getting it, but she definitely, definitely can pass it on to others. Um, So let's get into some of the details about Mary Mallon. She is born in September of 1869, nice, in Cookstown County, uh, Ireland, which it, uh, Northern Ireland. Um, Cookstown, huh? Interesting. I wonder if everybody there just is born to cook. Uh, but it's a small village in the north of Ireland. Uh, it's among uh, one of Ireland's poorest areas. And she immigrated to the U.S. in 1883 at the age of 15. And she was actually living with her aunt and uncle, but they had died. So she was living in squalid housing on the Lower East Side in New York City, basically fending for herself at a very young age. Um, She eventually worked as a maid, and her propensity in the kitchen led her to become a cook for affluent families, probably because... She's from Cookstown County. Um, It was written in the stars. In 1900, she worked in, uh, hmm, forgot to look this one up, Mamoronic, New York, uh, where within two weeks of her, her, nope, her employment, uh, residents developed typhoid fever. 
1901, she moved to Manhattan where members of the family for whom she worked developed fevers and diarrhea and the laundress died. So Mary then went to work for uh, a lawyer and she left after seven of the eight people in the household became ill. I just wonder why she leaves after these people are getting sick and dying if she thinks that she's so innocent. Um, Like, that's when people need the most help. You'd think she'd stick around. Uh, Chicken noodle will not stir itself. I promise you that. So here we are back in 1906. Uh, Mary goes to Oyster Bay on Long Island, and within two weeks, 10 of the 11 family members are hospitalized with typhoid. Um, She changes jobs again, and the same thing happens. And she goes to the Warrens, and the same thing happens. Um, Doctors theorized that Mary Mallon likely passed typhoid germs by failing to vigorously scrub her hands before handling food, which is a super, super important part of being a cook or being in the kitchen or dealing with food at all. Um, So usually the high temperatures in cooking the food would kill all the germs and the bacteria and any other shit, but they found out that her specialty dish was ice cream that she would cut up raw peaches into, so nothing had gotten cooked. Can you imagine those peaches all under her fingernails and shit? Ugh! It gives me the creeps just thinking about it. Uh, so this episode actually makes me want to wash my hands like obsessively. Like right now, I just want to go wash my hands. I just feel really dirty. Uh, so the, the New York City Health Department tried to get her to chill out and she just will not. She's like, fuck you to everyone. Uh, she's an angry woman. She's an angry Irish woman. I might relate to that. I'm not as angry as Mary Mallon, but I'm, I've got some Irish in me and I, I might have been known to have a temper once or twice before. That's all in the past though. Um, So she's just an angry Irish woman. Um, She basically had to like fight for her livelihood. She had nobody. She had no parents. Her aunt and uncle that she came to live with when she came to the U.S. aren't around. She just has no one. So they send in Sarah Josephine Baker, who is a physician, um, to talk to Mary. And Baker said... Quote, by that time, she was convinced that the law was only persecuting her when she had done nothing wrong. So Mary was hardcore, fuck you. Uh, so 
Baker's own father and brother had died of typhoid when she was young, so she felt pressured to support her mother and her sister financially. So at the age of 16 years old, she decided on a career in medicine. Um, oh, this is the early 1900s, like the late 1800s, 1890s. She's a badass motherfucker. Go look her up. Um, so in 1907, Mellon was arrested as a public health threat, and she was forced into an ambulance by five policemen and Dr. Josephine Baker, who at some point actually had to sit on Mary to restrain her. Time for a little smoky treat here. Um, so... Mallon was transported to the Willard Parker Hospital where she was restrained and forced to give samples. All kinds of samples. So uh, for four days, she was not allowed to get up and use the bathroom on her own at all. She had to be monitored and tested. Um, and the massive numbers of typhoid bacteria that were discovered in her stool samples indicated that the infection center was in her gallbladder, but she was like, fuck no, fuck you. Uh, they wanted to remove it. She gave them a big nope. It was still a dangerous procedure back then, and she also still didn't believe that she had it. And uh, under questioning, she actually admitted that she almost never washed her hands, which is fucking gross. I mean... There are times when you absolutely should be washing your hands. Um, she said that she didn't understand the purpose of hand washing because she didn't pose a risk. <sighs> Obviously, she was wrong about that. Um, so she was then placed into confinement inside a bungalow in 16-acre North Brother Island. Um if you've ever been to Manhattan and you see like a little island off the shore, it's almost like Alcatraz in San Francisco. Uh, that is North Brother. Yeah, North Brother Island. Just a little sing song while I find my spot. I told you long ago on the road. I got what you're waiting for. Okay, so... um. Uh, it's like Alcatraz, San Francisco. So the only companion that she has is, uh, she's in confinement, right? And all she has is a fox terrier. Like that sounds like living the life to me. Um, all Irish women are doomed to live the life of Mary Mallon. I feel like just gonna be confined with a fox terrier for the rest of your lives uh the media just kind of goes fucking nuts because this woman has been spreading this disease and killing people with it and eventually in 1908 in the journal of uh american medical Associ association she's nicknamed typhoid mary a name that she fucking hates, obviously. Um, so the professionals really came in to shit on her. Like, they were doing top-notch 
bang up journalism. Good job, everybody. And at one point, they were willing to let her out of confinement under the condition that she ceased being a cook. And she was like, nope, fuck you. I'm not washing my hands. Go fuck yourself. Not happening. So um, during that time, she's forced to give 163 samples of various bodily substances to the doctors there. Uh, 120 of which tested positive for the bacteria. So 120 out of 163. Do the math. I'm not doing it for you. Um, So she was teeming with this disease. Um, She stays for three years until test results from a private laboratory came up negative for typhoid. Hmm. And with this information, Mary sues the health department for her freedom, but she is shot down quick by the Supreme Court. Uh, In 1910, there's a new health commissioner, and he lets her go if she promises to never be a cook again. And finally, she was like, okay, great. I didn't like it anyways. So in February 1910, she agreed that she was prepared to change her occupation, and she would give assurance by affidavit that upon her release, she would take such hygienic precautions that would protect those with whom she came in contact from infection, meaning I'll wash my fucking hands. She agreed to wash her hands. She signed an affidavit. They let her go. So she thought that they were all out to get her. Like this whole time, she thought she was innocent. She didn't think that she was spreading anything to anyone. She was healthy. She never was sick. Um, and decades later, they were like, well, if she had typhoid her whole life, maybe it fucked her brain up a little bit and she was kind of crazy because of it. But wait, it gets worse. So they let her out, uh, and they lose track of her. Goodbye. Bad idea. Uh, cut to five years later in 1915, and there's a typhoid outbreak, uh, and it happens in Manhattan's Sloan Maternity Hospital. So it struck 25 workers and killed two of those workers. And when our friend George Soper looks into the outbreak, he's like, this fucking looks familiar. And he traces it back to the cook, who is an Irish woman named Mary Brown this time. She didn't find a good man. Uh, In fact, she changed her name so she could be a cook. But that's a terrible name change. Like, you gotta change both your names, lady. Um, So now she's responsible for it. Now she's being a dick. And it's criminal. Uh, She knows what she's doing. She changed her name and went back to cooking. She knew what she was doing. Um, So it's Mary Mallon. Surprise! Um, She changed her name, and during her years of release, she had cooked in hotels, restaurants, and institutions. And um, they had given her, they had started out uh, at the hospital 
giving her a job as a laundress, but you don't make much money, hardly at all, and it doesn't really smell good. And she was like, fuck this, and she went back to cooking. Um, and wherever she works, there are always outbra- outbreaks of typhoid, but she changed jobs so frequently, so she had eluded the blame. Um, she's captured again and again confined in North Brother Island where she continued to refuse to acknowledge that she had any connection between herself and the typhoid cases. And at that point, it is so stacked up against her that she might as well just do that because she's so guilty that the second that she breaks, it's over. So after the second apprehension, she spends the next 23 years of her life as a prisoner in forced isolation. Um, Hundreds, if not thousands, of asymptomatic carriers who had been identified were allowed to walk the streets of New York freely. But Typhoid Mary lived alone in exile, mostly because the public was fucking pissed at her that she wouldn't stay the fuck out of the kitchen. Like, if she had just not gone back to cooking, she would have been a-okay. I mean, it's sad that she lived in isolation, but why are you being so goddamn stubborn, Jordan? feel attacked. Not stubborn, damn it. On November um, 11th, 1938, Mary Mallon dies of pneumonia at age 69. Gosh, there's a theme. This is like the third 69. Well, maybe the second. Um, But uh, she was still in captivity when she died. And an autopsy found evidence of live typhoid and bacteria in her gallbladder. So they were fucking right about that. Um, Her body was cremated and her ashes were buried at St. Raymond's Cemetery in the Bronx. And it's thought that Mary infected 51 people and three of those illnesses resulted in death. And that is based on George Soper's investigations. Um, But she used so many aliases that it's thought that the true death toll could have been way fucking higher. We just, we don't know. And we won't know. Uh, Some estimated that she may have caused 50 fatalities. Um, Historians say that she contaminated at least 122 people and killed five which seems more likely, um, but so crazy, though. Um, And throughout the 20th century, typhoid fever suddenly declines due to the introduction to vaccinations and uh, also improvements in public sanitation and hygiene, a.k.a. wash your fucking hands. Um, Today, typhoid fever is considered a rare condition among developed countries, Um, There's about five cases per million per year. Um, Brother Island, North Brother Island, um, the 
the island of disease off Manhattan. It's been abandoned since 1963 um, after it was last a detention facility for juvenile drug offenders. Um, it is um, uninhibited right now. Nope, it is uninhabited right now. And um, designated as like a bird sanctuary, but it is illegal for anyone to go on the island without permission from the city. And um, if you do get permission, or I don't know if you can see it from Manhattan, I have never seen it, um, but all the buildings still stand. And uh, apparently sometimes photographers go and take photos and you can see photos of like the gorgeous brick buildings. And you can see the room where Mary was housed for the last 23 years of her life. Uh, you can see the typhoid wing and the crematorium. And I've heard it's insanely gorgeous, actually. And um, there's actually a podcast, if you're into this shit, like disease and shit, uh, hosted by these two young ladies who are um, grad students in disease disease ecology if that's a thing disease ecology sounds good to me uh it's called this podcast will kill you and it's just about infectious diseases from history and every episode is that um and it's an awesome podcast this podcast will kill you so check that out um i like to just imagine that typhoid mary while in seclusion, just fantasizing about all the things she liked to put her hands in. Mashed potatoes, corn chowder, and both bare arms go all the way in, like cleaning her fingernails and the taters. Like, I wonder if she requested cooking magazines and like would read the recipes maybe it was like her version of playboy like this dish looks good but you know what it needs my arm my fingernail clippings oh this is terrible people died jordan it's, but it's incredible um guys that is it i i'm ready to wrap up i finished i feel like i flew through that um, I didn't do too bad. Um, I don't have a goddamn thing more to say. So, with that, um, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Please write in to the show if you have anything to fucking say. Anything at all. Uh, of monsters and crime at gmail.com and you can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash of monsters and crime and until next time goodbye